1: Hey, Road Trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second.
2: Hi, I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. HRN is dedicated to amplifying small businesses that keep our communities vibrant. Today, I'm asking business owners to take part in our business membership drive by supporting HRN's mission with a $500 membership. HRN will shine a light on your work and you'll help sustain our mission to expand the way eaters think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, your business will receive on-air mentions, social media posts, listings on our website and more. You'll also play an essential role in keeping nonprofit Food Radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org/biz to become a business member today. That's heritageradionetwork.org/biz. Thank you for your support.
1: In the Tuxpan region of Jalisco, like in many regions of Mexico, agave spirits are integrated into the fabric of daily life. They're part of the religion, literally. The spirits, and they're almost always called some form of mezcal locally, even though they are not certified, the spirits are served at every one of the community's many religious fiestas. So when the production of these spirits is at risk, literally, the cultural heritage of the entire community is at risk. And that's what's happening in one community in Tuxpan. Don Arturo is a fifth-generation mescalero, or Palenquero or tabanero, or really, tachiquero, because that's what his family calls their little distillery, a tachica. It was built by Don Arturo's father, who learned the craft from his father, who learned the craft from his father. And add one more father, because Don Arturo is, as I say fifth generation. So Don Arturo's Tachica is a hillside gem. A couple of clay-topped steel pot stills, in-ground fermenters, and an earthen oven overlooking a forested hillside. But that hillside is eroding. The rains from the extreme weather that has been plaguing the region in recent years is literally washing away Don Arturo's little distillery and threatening to take with it the community's cultural heritage. With the financial support we're receiving from 818 Tequila, Sacred is rebuilding Don Arturo's family, Tachica, or really what we're doing is we're fortifying it so as not to interrupt that heritage. We're rebuilding and reinforcing the hillside that has been eroded, creating a retaining wall that will secure the location. Above that, to serve as a buffer for the weakest part of the earth, we're building a modest tasting room where the locals can sit and enjoy the view of that forested hillside when they come to purchase Don Arturo's Vino de Mezcal. And we're building a structure around Don Arturo's earthen oven so that his tapatas are no more at the whim of the changing weather patterns than his rebuilt Tachica will be. This effort to preserve Don Arturo's family business and the cultural heritage of this community in southern Jalisco is only possible because of a grant Sacred received from 818 Tequila. To learn more about this and the other projects 818 Tequila is funding, please visit us at sacred.mx. That's sacred.mx. The Earth is home to all of us and we're honored to have been selected by 818 tequila as their partner in making it a more welcoming home I'm Blue Bank. I am Chava Peribas. And this here is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green gags bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And today, Chava,
3: today, Chava, I'm going to throw a theory out at you. Oh, Lord, I hate when Jesus just keep me in the suspense and, and throw stuff at me but okay let's do this because it uh, always <laughs> throws to the horrible things that I'm gonna regret in the future but anyways yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah.
1: it makes you th- I make you think science on the fly uh, no. um, you
3: know this is a thing that I've been saying to people um
1: with the caveat that I could be a hundred percent wrong but I've been saying it to people recently um it's and it's a theory
3: okay Jesus,
1: I'm so okay. Terrified. So okay, so so when people talk about um, when they talk about the diffuser, uh-huh. right? The, the, the spirits made uh, with agave using a diffuser. In essence, what you're talking about is a machine that shreds uncooked agave. And then converts the uh, the agavins into fermentable sugars using a, an alternative process than the normal heating prior
3: to shredding. Well, right? it, it, there's uh, there's a number of different designs for diffusers. Some use enzymes, okay, some use acids. So that's yeah, great. Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, that's great. Okay, so now the the thing that they get all of the. Some of these people get upset about when we're having these conversations is well, if you're using a diffuser, you're using uh immature agave, uh, and you know, uh, uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the truth is, you don't have to be using immature agave, you can use mature agave. Um, but the thing that I've been saying, and again, this is a theory, uh-huh. my theory, um, is well, couldn't you do the exact same freaking thing? In a stone-lined earthen oven, you can. My th- wait a minute, is that simple? Yeah, of course you can. Okay, so so the th- my in essence, so, okay, so let's start with the first part of the theory then, because I've got a second part to the theory. So immature agave still has the agavins in it, so you just have fewer of them. The reason you wait to maturity, like obviously, you wait to maturity if you want your agave to reproduce. Mm. But you also wait to maturity so you can reach a critical mass of agavins, so that you have a critical mass
3: of fermentable sugars. Yes? Well, actually, I'm very surprised that we have never had this discussion in detail. And I'm extremely, (laughs) I'm doubly surprised that I've actually never come to, I'm like seeing in my memory that I've come to a few pieces of literature talking about the effect of using ripe agave versus unripe agave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that is a controversial theme. You know, when we talk, but, we, we, well, like, what do you necessarily call ripe agave? You know, when we talk about uh, how mescaleros define when agave and agave is ready to be harvested and to mm-hmm. be used for, for mescal making, they usually mm-hmm. talk about the cogollo, right? So they look at the middle of the agave and it has to be really tight, really packed. It is suggesting that the kiyote is going to come out of there instead of being on loose and suggesting oh, that leaves are going to come out of it. And huh. then the other way to gauge if it is ripe, if it's a, it's if the kiyote has been shot and you can capone it. So if you go to a community in which they yeah. only define ripe agave as caponed agave, they're going to be telling right. you to the other community that looks at the cogollo that they're using unripe agave. And, oh. and, and and then what is your tolerance with that cogollo like is it like a 3 month difference is it 6 months like how like what what is your textbook definition of a ripe agave and which are the effects of waiting but, 2 months more or 1 month more or 6 months more right or not even waiting and just
1: after 3 years just saying okay i need this agave i'm pulling it out of the ground
3: i and I, I think uh, there's two parts to this argument, right? One is yeah, sugar okay, yeah. count, and one sure. could claim that it also has to do with the return of your investment. So if you bought a baby agave that cost you a certain amount of money, you rented a yeah. piece of land that cost you a certain amount of money, Yeah. if you are losing 50% of the sugars because you cut it earlier are you losing a lot of money because you didn't wait for the agave to develop for no. another year. Now
1: yeah yeah no I I get that I get that theory on your side but I just want to be sure you and I are talking apples to apples okay. here. When you say 50%, you're just making that number up. Yeah, you and, actually,
3: and actually, that's, ah, uh, you're breaking my head, Lou. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I
1: hate you so much. Then it's a, then it's a good recording <laughs> session, Java. You.
3: Because then the other question, and I'm sure this is very well known and understood by mescaleros, but, like, how many sugars did you get from that 100% sugars that, that are potentially made by the agave, is it that the first three years it produces 75, and then the next three it only produces that's 15? Yeah, that. exactly. I, that's I, exactly you, right. So that's exactly
1: where my head is. And then you think about the people who leave the agave in the ground three years after it's been caponed right and like what is that doing to the sugar count are you
3: losing sugar are you gaining and every, sugar and, i know and everybody says it concentrates more sugars but i've never seen a paper where they do a uh, reducting sugars measurement of an agave before it's been capon and then they do the same measurement after it's been capon and i've never i definitely never seen that being done Consistently in through different species in different regions, yep. like mm-hmm. that study, to yep. my understanding, doesn't exist. So we're repairing a lot okay. of this stuff that sometimes Mescaleros tells us without having yep. any scientific, uh, well, like proof to 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 its
1: right, to, right, to its, right. Its, Nothing to back it no. up. But okay, so now, so now here's another curveball uh, to I the same it. question. Okay. I know, that's why I love you, because you hate me. Uh, okay, so here's another curveball on that same question, is that that agave, if I pull it out, let's say it's a, you know, let's say it's an espadine that you'd expect to take eight years, and I pull it out of the ground at four years, so my sugar count, like, let's say it's only 20%, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that you and I talk about a lot in, uh, well, I shouldn't say you and I talk about that. I talk about a lot. You, you, I'm sure you understand it uh, to greater depth than I ever do when I'm discussing this in my tastings. But, you know, I say that that the human body's uh, 85% water, 15% this other stuff that holds the water mm. in, and this 15%, right, it's the same thing. It's the same thing for the sugar sources like the grapes. Uh, the grapes, they're not 100% sugar. There's all this other stuff. And the agave, even more so, because they got to have all this other stuff in it to protect it to survive in the desert. So here's my other theory that's a part, like a subset oh, of that first theory is, do you end up getting a more complex flavor from the agave that's harvested early because more of the plant is the other stuff than the sugars? So
3: just before even I answered that question, could you imagine how expensive will that study be? You had to harvest a lot of, Agave. I don't do studies. You, I don't even read
1: studies. That's your job, Java. My job is to throw you curveballs so that you can be angry at me.
3: So and, and I think that Theoretically I mean and that it's usually theoretically. That it's usually a discussion you have with food, right? Is when is hmm, the right moment to harvest it? And what is your ratio of efficiency versus deliciousness? Is yeah, yeah right, yeah, right. Yeah, right yeah, like, yeah. That's a, yeah, there
1: you go. That I, is, that is, I, the question. I think that is
3: a very common uh, question in it, like in, in avocado. That it's like what my family does. It is a very common question is like, do you want more water in the avocado or more grease in the avocado? And is that gonna yield you uh, as a producer more money because you're getting more weight? Uh-huh. And to the uh-huh. end consumer, is it gonna be more delicious? Uh, freaking like, in the case of a guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, here, here goes. A, I hate to do this, but here goes a wild theory. Okay, boy, that's
1: all I love to do is the wild theories. Yeah, hit okay, me. So
3: imagine that. When does the agave needs to protect itself more? When it has more sugars that are being converted into something that a goat can eat. Right, So right before oh. it shoots the Kiyote, it right. every piece of defense that it needs to have really sharply prepared yeah, yeah, yeah. should be there because it's about to throw the only part of its body that has digestible sugars. So if uh, what yeah. happens with reproductive stock, so it's it's more yeah. most fragile, most valuable thing it's about to go up in the air and it's going to be there for gold scouts, humans to to try to get it. So I will Think that if it has, say, eight, like 80% of its defense is super ready before that moment, it's gonna go 150% when the kyot is going up, and therefore a lot of these congeners or or flavors that come from its biochemical defenses might yep. be more present. Because again, like it's just trying because it's mature, because it's mature. Yeah, that oh, I love that. That makes so much sense to me. The problem is that it makes sense, you know but, what? But it doesn't, yeah, no, I
1: know. this is this is we like, we're gonna have to find somebody who's willing to do like, let us pay to do this experiment, go find a bunch of. of underripe espadine and let's see what it tastes like. I like I'm fascinated yeah, by because, this theory. Uh,
3: and again, like uh, a lot of mezcaleros when you tell them what is their secret to doing very good mezcal, yeah, they will tell you that it is because they know how to choose their agaves. They will tell yeah. you that yeah, 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 you know, yeah. th- there's usually a number of answers that are very common, but I think that, that's that 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 happens a lot. So I, again, like, I don't think that it's unreasonable to think that using something that is ripe is going to be more delicious than something that it's unripe. And we've learned that from bananas to apples to, to strawberries. So I, I think it is a very uh, consistent trend in nature. The problem is that in agave, we like, we don't have a, we don't have that sample we don't have a sample of unri- ripe yeah. agave only. And the fact that people are saying, uh, and, and this annoys me a little bit, and I've gotten into a few discussions where I've seemed extremely stubborn and stupid by, by suggesting this. I'd, I'd like to think that that's my influence on you, but go ahead. But anyway, like, like sometimes, you know, like when people say, tequila uh, are bad people, they're using ripe agave. It's like, I think you misunderstand the, the profile of people that work at tequila. These are extremely well-educated engineers. And if we've learned something about extremely well-educated engineers is that they tend to prefer efficiency, right? They want to get more bang Mm -hmm. for their buck uh, when they are doing processes. So I think for any smart agronomist doing that, it's an undesired place to be. D- you, you might do it out of an emergency, maybe one year. And I think what happened, what? Well, I'm going to push back on that because that's
1: my nature. Right. So like you're, you're, but the agronomist isn't the one who runs the tequila company. And if the business side says, I don't care, give me the inefficient batch so I can put it in a barrel and I can have my Añejo sooner because there's no Añejo left in the market. You know, I think the business guy, the one who controls the business is the one who's going to get to call that show. Absolutely.
3: Shop. But I think that might happen one year, two years. But then all the engineers are getting paid for these actions not to happen. They're going to be like, hey, guy, huh. these last two years we have had to do this. But what about if we plan, because that's our job to plan yeah. for this not yeah. to happen so we can get better quality, more sugars to make this process more more perfect to to be closely to what we think (laughs) it's perfection. I think every engineer in their same mind will push for this. So this is
1: why very few engineers run companies. Well except Dalton. No, but yeah. Oh yes.
3: (laughs) Shout out to Dalton. Uh But what I think is that sometimes people see a a practice, they see something that happens, and then they assume that that is the common thing that they do every year just because uh, they they happen to be there or this is an anecdote. So
1: Well, and and you and I do this too. Like we we assume something and then we see something that disproves what we assumed. Um, Yeah.
3: Yeah, so, uh, and I mean, hey, speaking I, of which, uh,
1: I'm sorry. We just we, we just like two different two different times now. Our conversation has brought me back around to something that has almost nothing to do with what we're discussing, but I think is an interesting point to add to what you just oh, said. Oh, Lord.
3: Okay, take it.
1: Okay, so when I was in Durango last week, right, I was uh, I was out uh, on the Cuero Viejo um, uh, 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 wildlands, and they happened to have had a very recently caponed agave. Mm. And they took the kiote off the ground and cut the um, cut the the flesh off the outside, and then they let us eat the raw inside of the kiote. Oh Lord, was that delicious? It, I wouldn't say that it was delicious. It was very, very good, but you know, like my mind went back to the story you like to tell of the, of your sombra co-workers messing with you <laughs> and telling you to eat the raw agave, and then like you had a rash well, on your but that tongue was for a, a Yeah,
3: but that was that. That's so different because that is my whole point. Well, that Kyoto can be digested well, by humans. Yeah, 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 okay, right. And that's exactly
1: my point. Is like even though I, I you know, we've you and I have seen the quioites that have been caponed by the cows and the and the goats walking around and literally eating them. It hadn't struck me that that means that I could eat it, but what it made like, it, so, so a, it was interesting to get to taste Mm. this thing. I'd never tasted before in this way, but B it makes me want to make a kimchi out of the inside of a Quixote.
3: Man. And, And again, like sometimes I get annoyed about how these obvious things haven't been explored like yeah. you know every every mezcal geek <laughs> wants to try to taste to amplify our under like our taste buds and connect them closer to the agave by eating the flowers by eating the cooked yeah, agave yeah, yeah. like we yeah, try yeah, yeah. so hard and then this thing that we see cows and goats eating and enjoying None yes. of us have tried. I think that's so stupid. Like I mean, I'm talking about, about myself. Uh, but yeah, some <laughs> some like th- th- did I ever tell you this story in Taiwan? Uh, when I, when I was there, you know, lotus. It's uh, it's almost like it's understood almost like corn in Taiwan. So they they use every part of the lotus, and there was this the flower, the lotus yeah, flower. Yeah, well, the lotus, the, the the whole plant. It has a flower. It does yield the yep. flower, but has a lot of other elements to it. And this huh. reminds me so much that uh, I was living in the house of some uh, of a guy that was a landscape designer and a chef. Coolest kid yep. ever. I wish I could remember his name. Uh, and they told me <laughs> that they had this very specific dessert in which you went into the pond, into a lotus plants pond. You would go and search for the root and their root has two sides, one that is rougher than what's smoother, and they say that one is a boy and the other one is a girl. The smoother one is a girl. So you collect that, you break that side of the of the root, and it's uh, they make a beautiful sweet dessert out of it. They just get like some maracuya and they, they they do they did a rest overnight, and it's absolutely delicious. So it, I'm thinking that that chaotic will be an equivalent to that
1: huh i love that and i love that somehow we start with does agave really need to mature and we end up at lotus root yeah well i don't think i don't
3: think we're gonna do better than that i think this is
1: i think it's a wrap java
3: okay yeah absolutely lou as always a true pleasure right back at you good sunday vato. adios
1: hasta pronto Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork.